can barely hear this bitch. You're listening to the Morning Punchin' Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Good morning, everybody. It is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punchin' Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, June 19th, 2017. Let me introduce my partner in crime, the creator and founder of BadCulture.net, contributor for Black Sports Online, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Inglewood? What's good, RB? Good morning and happy Monday. We are back with Ward Kovalev, too, in the rearview mirror. Wow, we're going to get into that. That's going to be a big part of the show today. But before we kick it off, last week we talked about the young gun, Dan, Daniel Franco, who Ward actually dedicated the victory to, um, still in a coma. Some good news for him. He's starting to be responsive, giving his family thumbs up and responding to questions. So keep him in your prayers. He has come a long way, but he's still got a long way to go. So keep him in your prayers. Hot question. We got a lot of hot questions to talk about. Probably it's going to mostly be about War Kovalev, but here's what I want to know. Um, So instead of firing, actually, no, instead of firing off a hot question today, I want everybody to call in 718-508-9852. We want to know if you thought the stoppage was suspect. We want to hear about the low blows. We want to hear about the rabbit punches. We just want to hear from you as many people possible to sign off about Ward Kovalev because we're going to talk about it and break it all the way down. RB was there for the final press conference and the fight. Oh, man, oh. RB, I know you got a lot for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we were out here in November, Jay, we felt that the promotion was a little off. Well, this time it was so bizarre. I mean, it was, you felt the tension in the air. You, you know that they genuinely hate each other. Rock Nation, a main event, they do not get along. It did affect the entire promotion. It, it affected people in the media room. I mean, we're sitting there. We're kind of like a little uncomfortable. We're talking quiet to each other. I mean, it felt like everybody was really walking on eggshells. It was just a really weird promotion from beginning to end. It really was. Such a creepy vibe and uh, such a shame, such a great fight. And sometimes a little animosity can build up a really terrific event. But in this case, the lines were clearly drawn in the sand and we all felt like the children in an ugly divorce. That's how I felt about this whole promotion. Like, do we want to go with mom? Do we want to go with dad? They both kind of pissing us off right now, but we going to watch it anyway because we don't have a choice. So here we are. Yeah. Well, um, you know, if we want to jump right into it, Jay, like she said, we do want to hear from you guys today. Um, there, you know, the fight was stopped. Kathy Duva is now going to file a protest because she said it was, you know, a bunch of low blows that Tony Meeks didn't do his job. Um, she exploded about this at the press conference, and I know she has to ride for her fighter. But what did you guys feel about the stoppage? So please call in. Andre Ward said at the press conference, okay, if we're going to talk about the low blows, and we got to talk about the rabbit punches, too. So call in. Let's talk about it all. 718-508-9852. Press 1 so that Jay can see you in the switchboard. And um, mm-hmm. she'll know to pick you up if you guys want to speak your piece. Amen. And it's a lot of pieces to be spoken. You guys were so lit on social media. I had a good time tweeting with you guys just to see some responses. 
Some responses that usually are really anti-ward were okay with the stoppage. Some of the people who were really anti-Kovalev thought the stoppage was too soon, including my own brother who texted me and lit mm. me up talking about it. Stoppage was too soon. And I know my brother is not a Kovalev fan at all. So I thought, wow, this is a really, really polarizing outcome, almost more so than the first fight. Maybe they do need to run it back. We know they're not, but maybe they should just because of the controversy. Yeah. Well when, well, when Jake Donovan calls in this morning, um, probably around the 15-minute mark, um, he spoke to Bob Bennett and mm. about how the Nevada Commission is going to treat the potential protests. On top of that, there was some controversy in the Rigadal Flores fight, which I'm still yeah. confused about that. Me too. So hopefully Jake can tell us what the status is of that because – you know, all of a sudden, instant replay is the new wave in boxing, right? I've never seen all this right. instant replaying and everything. You know, is it going to be a non-contest? Should it have been a disqualification? Should they have given Flores a couple minutes to recover? Was he acting? You know, I saw guys like Terrence Crawford and other fighters all over Twitter saying that boy was faking. I, right. I've I didn't think too. he was faking. Was he? I don't know. I don't know if he was fake. He looked like he got mollywopped because let's remember who he's fighting. He's fighting Rigando. And here's the thing that really killed me. Like you said, I guess re- instant replay is the whole wave, but almost felt like they were killing time. Like Ward and Kovalev were like, oh, shit, we starting too soon. And they had to do this long drawn. Now, you either saw it or you didn't. How long does it take to make a decision? And I mean, quiet as it's kept. It wasn't that crowded in there. You should have been able to hear the bell. I thought it was oh, right. after the bell, personally, but yeah, I mean, it, I wasn't there on TV. It's maybe it's a delay. I don't know. It looked like the punch came after the bell to me. It's it's really hard for any athlete, whether you're a football player, a baseball player, to just stop in your tracks. You know, that's why right. baseball players like slide into second base and they slide into home plate, right? Because it's not like you could just stop. So. Sometimes it does happen. Sometimes you get hit after the bell. Maybe you're in the middle of a combination. You know, you just can't stop in your tracks. But that's where the rest comes in. And that's where he goes, oh, that's where he should have said, okay, it was after the bell. Give him five minutes to recover, you know, or, or mm-hmm. you know, make it a no contest if he couldn't go on. But, okay, so before Jay calls in, Jay, we were really yeah. looking forward to, to Ward Kovalev. And last week it was announced that the Mayweather-McGregor fight is set for August 26th. Did that announcement swallow Ward Kovalev or did it help Ward Kovalev? What do you think, Jay? I think it screwed it all the way up. Because once people started talking about this and distracted them from the whole shenanigans it just overpowered the whole show. And nobody wanted to talk about anything but that nonsense. And I felt sorry for this event because, again, it's a great fight. But, you know, you can't steal the thunder from Floyd. You can't get too much attention. So had to make that announcement right then. Floyd all over the place on red carpets and here and whatnot. So I think it overshadowed it. it. Yeah, I think it did, too. You know, the Ward Kovalev fight should have probably been billed as, you know, a potential fight of the year fight. And it really wasn't because there was such relatively low promotion but you did have two of the elite pound for pound fighters fighting Saturday night and it was pretty sad now they did announce the attendance at the fight Jay they said over 10,000 people were there I Mm. was there 
and the right. first of all, during the undercard, nobody was there. But we know it's typically empty. But even when Ring right. Dow was fighting, the place was kind of empty. The word fight, yes, it did fill in a little bit. I think they moved some people down. Unless they were out there literally giving away thousands of tickets, I don't know how they came up with that $10,000 person number. I'm not saying there weren't 10,000 people in there, but right before that Andre Ward fight, there was probably like 3,000 people in there. Mm-hmm. We, you know, they did some wide pants, not wide pants on the screen. We know they weren't going to do it like that. Well, they did. Whoever... First of all, whoever was on the camera for the HBO stream, that it was the most garbage camera work. HBO got nothing but love for you, but whoever was working the camera for the weigh-in and for the live stream, mm. get them together, please. Get them a new lens that moves automatically a little slicker. But besides all that, there were a number of people who were in my timeline or got retweeted into my timeline who were attending the fight. And they were taking pictures and posting them on Twitter. And I ain't seen no 10,000 people in the T-Mobile arena for that fight. I'm not being a hater, but I know what my eyes were seeing on Twitter in terms of how the people were sitting in the bowl or how the setup was. And it didn't look like 10,000 people to me. You were there in person. It did not look like 10,000 people to you. So however they came up with this number, whatever, it's whatever. So uh, before we really break down where Kovalev, because I know that's what everyone's anxious for, let's just give you some of the undercard results. Rigadell did knock out Flores. They gave him the knockout in the first round. We're going to talk a little bit more about that with Jake Donovan today um, because I still think that they got it wrong even after watching the replay. So we're going to see where that is at with the commission. Um, On the undercard, Bivol won by TKO in the fourth round. And Luis Cuba Arias, won by TKO in the fifth round as well. So good breakout fight for him. He's been through a lot. Uh, remember when he was with TMT and Mayweather Promotions, and then they sent Jay Leon Love over to fire him at the gym. And that boy's been through a lot. So good for Luis yeah, Arias. Yeah. Um, across the street, uh, Golden Boy did a show Saturday night too. Fidel Maldonado Jr. took home the big win in Texas, and he's now the mm-hmm. new WBC um, super lightweight champion he got the split decision over pablo caesar cano um i hope so, I, if anything happened other than that i would have been like what is going on over there so congratulations to fidel yeah so let's just let's just talk about what happened with ward kovalev so i think it is time to give ward his props jay he moved up to Absolutely. 175 he moved up to 175 and fought the best guy at 175 there's no denying that it was really funny at the post-fight press conference, they asked him about Adonis Stevenson. And he said, honestly, I think Adonis, like, disqualified himself. He's like, yo, I moved up to 175, and I fought the best man there. Why would I fight Adonis? Like, it would have to make sense, and I just don't think that makes sense. They were talking about moving up to cruiserweight, heavyweight, uh, Virgil Hunter. Jay, calm down here. Well, I'm about to say something that might get you a little upset. Virgil Hunter is talking about moving up to heavyweight and fighting Anthony <laughs> Joshua. He said that there is something in Anthony Joshua that he sees. He says, I don't know. I just see things other people don't see. There's something in Anthony Joshua that I see. <laughs> There's something in Anthony Joshua that I see that I know Andre could beat him. Andre could outbox him. 
and beat Anthony Joshua and everybody in this room is going to think I'm crazy. But I know Andre up at the podium sweating with a damn rag talking right. about Jesus, Virgil. You know, like, right. whew, this, this is what we do. See, this is what Virgil does. Um, so anyway, uh, he, he th- the fight was really good, Jay. The first few rounds, we got another really good fight. You could see that Kovalev was tiring out. He admitted that at the press conference that he did get tired. He said he didn't know why, but Ward gutted this guy. He had him hunched over. I think he broke Kovalev down mentally and physically. I do think that Andre Ward is now the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Oh, okay, I'm going to work my way back from Virgil Hunter saying that he wants him to fight Anthony <laughs> Joshua. Okay, let's start with that. That's cool and all, and I bravo Virgil for having the utmost confidence in your fighter, but slow down. He just barely looked finally comfortable at 175 pounds. Anthony Joshua is like 245 pounds. Let's let Dre test the water a little more at 175 or cruiser. I don't think he needs to leap, uh, to leapfrog. Now back to Andre Ward being the number one pound for pound fighter. I agree. I absolutely agree. This victory Saturday night firmly put him in that position. He looked really good. Like, he looked filled out, he looked strong, he looked powerful, and he was giving Kovalev that work. I don't care if you don't like Andre Ward or you love Kovalev, you have to admit, he was hitting Kovalev with some heaters. Damn the low blows. It was the high mm-hmm. blows that was breaking him down, too. Uh, and he really looked right great. He looked, he looked great. Like, it was almost yeah. shocking. Never, I never thought he looked bad. But yeah. the Andre Ward that showed up Saturday night looked amazing. He looked we've, like a killer. We've seen Andre Ward for years fight pretty much with one hand, his left hand. It's always his jab, his hook. And his right shoulder must be feeling better, or he must have done something because he was popping that right hand, laying in that right hand, using his right hand a lot more. His mobility looked really good. Um, you know, he, he's just so complete, and he is a precise fighter. He's very technical. Um, you know, he's not the most flashiest fighter, but, but what does that really mean? You know, what does, if flashy doesn't really mean technique. He's never missed weight. He's a true professional. He's always in dog-ass shape. You can't really take much from him. People like to criticize Andre Ward. Um, they search for his technical flaws. They talk about him being a jerk to the media. He doesn't sell a lot of tickets. He's not a marketable fighter, yada, yada, yada. Well, stay tuned to the end of the show because I got some word on the curb that might blow your mind. Um, anyway, back to the fight. Uh, just some details. There were, There is no rematch clause in the contract for that Ward-Kovalev War- 2 fight, which I'm glad because I don't think we need to see it for a third time. Commission uh, for the low blows and the stoppage itself. Um, again, we, wanna, we want you guys to sound off on this. Press 1 if you want to you know, jump on and talk to us. Uh, what are some of the other specifics? A rematch clause, following the protest, um, the promotion itself, Jay, like I said, it just, it didn't feel like a big fight atmosphere. Um, you know, typically when we go to these pay-per-view fights, we, we like to get dialed up and get our makeup done. And that wasn't the feeling that I had, like as Raging Babe, you know, it was just like, hmm, I'll just get dressed and go to the fight. That, that was kind of right. like the ambiance that was out here. So, um, right. 
I, I don't know where Rock I, Nation goes from here as a promoter. I just, you know, you said a couple things that you said uh, while you were out there that I just absolutely love. First, the troll in me. And yes, I do have a little troll in me, too. I loved when you were tweeting from the press conference when you said that he didn't see Adonis Stevenson as a credible opponent. I had to retweet you and, and tag him in it. Yeah. I think it's very clear that I'm not a fan of Adonis Stevenson. I agree. He's not He's not qualified, but I bet you now that he's seen Kovalev take two L's will probably get that fight now because that's just how he gets down. That's number one. Number two, that big fight atmosphere is absolutely correct. You know, I looked at how a lot of the media people I know besides you were dressed for the fight. People were going to like polos and jeans and that's how you go to the stub hub for a fight because it's outside. And it's no disrespect to the combatants. I just don't think I, I agree with you when you say that it's like they do it for a hobby. Like, Oh, we got a little extra money. Let's just, you know, let's see, we have a little fight or something like it's a potluck. And I just don't think that they give it that full zest and that full commitment and the love and that it deserves because it is not their their main thing that they're interested in. It's music and then it's all the other sports and then boxing is like the stepchild. So I I, yeah, I can't it, wait for you to drop the word on the curve later on the show. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. They they paid Andre Ward six point five million dollars. We're gonna talk to Jake here. Right. Let's let's pick him up here in the next minute or so, but we're gonna talk about the purses, how these fighters got paid, what does it mean for Rock Nation, what does it mean for main events and Kovalev. Um, so why don't we go ahead and bring on Jake Donovan? All right, let's do it. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's Take. She. I gotta give good you morning, ladies. Good, good morning. morning. All right, what's going on? Woo! A little bit of yeah. everything, and we've we've been you know trying to um, recap here and give our most authentic reactions to the Ward Kovalev two fight. There was some stuff on the undercard, um, so I want to kind of start there with the Rigdal Flores decision. Um, do you have any updates from the Nevada State Commission whatsoever on how they're going to rule that fight? Um, I was confused during the decision. It took them quite a long time, and they ruled it a knockout. Mm-hmm. Is it going right. to say a win for Riggy? Um, my understanding is that no, it will not say a win for Rigondeau, unfortunately. Another first-round knockout he could have recorded, and it's probably going to be a no contest. I actually spoke with um, Nevada State Athletic Commission Executive Director uh, Bob Bennett over the weekend, and he didn't give me specifics. on. Obviously, he's not going to tell me how they're going to rule. But he did say that discussions took place um, – when they reviewed the fight at ringside, at the, you know, when they called for the answer replay, apparently they reviewed it without audio, which is silly because the whole dispute was, did he hit him after the bell? So right. why would you review a fight without audio if you can't hear a bell? So that's right. why the decision stood that night. So they are going to review the fight in full with audio. Once that happens, it is going to be uh, overturned to a no contest. It can't be a disqualification because the referee didn't rule it as a foul at the time of the blow. It's going to be kind of like when um, – Francis Bartholomew knocked out Arjen Mendez in that first fight. That mm-hmm. punch landed after the bell. The referee ruled the knockout. They appeal, uh, Mendez's team appealed it, and then like three weeks later, they decided it was a no contest. Because I thought Bartholomew got a little bit screwed because he was actually um, in the pro- he threw a punch and was in the process of throwing a second one when the, the bell rang. In this case, Rigon Leal's punch clearly launched after the bell and landed way mm-hmm. after the bell. 
I mean, this is a good three, four seconds after the bell. So this is a no-brainer. It, it will be a no contest. I'd be Damn utterly – it would be the upset of the year if the knockout stood. I'll put it that way. Goddamn hmm. Dracolich. <laughs> oh, the, the, ref, the, ref the ref had a really hard time Saturday night. So we move on to uh, Ward Kovalev 2. The yes. fight was stopped. Now, look, we hmm. all saw that Kovalev, he was hurting before the body shot. He was right. gassing out. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it was coming. Regard, you know, regardless. How would you feel about the stoppage? And any word on what's going to happen? We, we we know that Kathy Duva is going to file a protest, mm-hmm. and she, you know, for the low blows and the stoppage. Right. I am going to go linear on this one. Uh, let's go with the okay. stoppage itself. I thought it was a horrible stoppage. Tony Weeks was in perfect position to where. Once Kovalev was sat down on the ropes, he could have used that to say the ropes held him up. Even if it didn't, he could have said the ropes held him up and ruled it a knockdown right then and there. That gives him eight seconds to assess Kovalev. And then, you know, maybe, you know, Kovalev is trying to sell him on a low blow. If he stays down, you count him out. And then Kathy Duva still files a protest. The fact that he stopped it when he did only adds yet another layer of controversy to the series that just won't go away. Mm-hmm. My opinion, my, what troubled me is that the punch, I, I thought it was a borderline punch only because Tony Weeks actually told him in the beginning of the fight that Kovalev's trunks were high. He pointed just below mm. Kovalev's belt line and said, this is a legal blow. Now, it's just like in baseball. When you hit a ball, even if a smidget of it only hits the foul line and the rest of it hits foul territory, if chalk pops up, it's a fair ball. So Ward's punch, yes, it probably hit Kovalev low, but part of it did hit the bottom of the belt line, which in mm-hmm. my opinion makes it a, a legal punch. My problem is the fact that after that, Ward immediately leaned in with his shoulder, which is what caused Kovalev to sink into the ropes. That and Kovalev obviously being exhausted by that point. Mm-hmm. So that in and of itself was a foul that was missed. It just it wasn't a good job at all by Tony Weeks, who's normally a very solid referee. At one point, he was one of the very best referees. It just seems like all of the officials in Vegas are getting old together. We've seen a lot of strange decisions, two in one night now. Yeah, just, that was bad. I, I thought I thought Tony Weeks handled it very poorly, especially for someone. And you know, he he sets the bar pretty high as far as officials go. So in that regard, it was an awful call. In regard of just any official being in a position to make that call, I, I thought it was a bad job by Tony Weeks. So Kathy Duva has every right to protest the the decision. I would even you know if they asked me to testify, not that they would, but you know, uh-huh. if they called me in as a credible witness, I would say yeah. I thought you know it could be argued that it was uh, illegal blow, but the fact that Ward shoved him in and that's what caused Kovalev to go to the ropes and weeks to call the stoppage you know maybe that gets overturned to no contest I don't think it will and Bob Bennett wouldn't commit to an answer on it but the sense I got in speaking with him is that the decision will stand that Andre Wood will walk away with an eighth round knockout which is really? probably the right call I mean given what you know it's, it's you know it's like a murder trial if you don't have reasonable doubt you can't convict and here it's you know it's, it's all they're arguing is that the, the final knockout blow was a low blow they're not going to win that battle and I'm going to wow. say this. Even if they win the battle, it's like, what's Kathy Duva's endgame here? All they've spoken about is how much they hate dealing with Rock Nation sports. Yep. I have all the sympathy right. in the world for her. It had well, to been a miserable experience. I wish main events was the lead promoter for this. They weren't. Yeah. I, so even if the decision gets overturned, does that mean we now get a third fight? You know, how many failed promotions do we need to see in this series? Yeah, and I was saying earlier, there was no rematch clause. So, you know, good. I don't think we want a third fight in this. But <laughs> no, this, this, right. is a really good, this is a really good transition, Jake, because yeah. what, where does Rock Nation go from this fight? And what does, where does main events go now? We heard Andre Ward say that he doesn't yeah. think Adonis Stevenson is even a credible opponent for him now. But Rock Nation yeah. paid him a guaranteed of $6.5 
we know the pay-per-views aren't going to be, you know, astronomical numbers. What <laughs> right. happens to Rock Nation? Before we even talk about main events and Kovalev right. first, what is, I'm pretty sure Rock Nation's in the red. Is it true I, that they might actually walk away soon? There are heavy rumors. I mean, that, that, that is the case. If Michael Yormark wants to stay in the boxing business, he's going to stay in the boxing business. He's not going to allow anyone to force him out. I mean, the, the size of his ego, he's going to walk away when he's good and ready, even if Rock Nation blows through hundreds of millions of dollars, which it may already have in you know, two or three years of existence. Uh, there's heavy rumors that the PR team is on its way out. It, it was just a strange fight week where, like, even main events are saying, you guys are the lead promoters. Where's the press releases? Where's the photos? How come there's no weights? You know, they're the ones sending out press releases, even though it wasn't their job. We was, didn't even get a post-fight wrap-up from them, did you? Well, well uh, Marina did send one, I think, at some point on Sunday. It was funny, because they actually sent two. Main event sent their own version, which said Sergey Kovalev TKO'd by low blows. I thought that was an extremely poor taste. So. <laughs> even worse, they put Ellen Haley's name on it. And I know for, I've known Ellen for a long time. I know for a fact she didn't write that press release. But, I'm sorry, I cackled um, when I got it. When I saw the subject <laughs> line, I said, I, I did on too. I laughed. It was one of the, I just shook my head, but you know, it's, I, I get their viewpoint. I just thought it was a little unprofessional as far as press releases go, but right. um, as far as Rock Nation, you know, uh, RB, you said it though. I mean, the fact that Luis Arias finally got a big win. I mean, I, I love that kid. He's a terrific mm-hmm. amateur who just never caught his big break in the pros. Now he finally caught one, but it's like, yeah, what can Rock Nation do with him next? Are they going to keep sticking him on cards in, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky until they're ready to, you know, put him in prime time? You know, I can't imagine right. them winning too many HBO dates, you know, with the way they're doing business. So, you know, yeah. if, if Andre Ward is in it for the long, long haul, then, you know, I, I guess they have somewhat of a future. Not if he's going to go race the heavyweight in the next fight, which well, I certainly doubt is the case. How, how many fights did he have under his contract with Rock Nation? Because I feel like his contract is up because he fought Kovalev twice and he right. fought, I don't know, the Alexander Paul brand Smith. guy, right, with them. Right. Or I, I think he's fulfilled his contract technically. Mm-hmm. My, all right, my understanding is I don't know the terms between him and Rock Nation. What I think is the case, though, is a lot of people are confusing his contract with Rock Nation with his contract with HBO. When, before Ken Hirschman left, his final FU to the boxing community was, oh, yeah, we just signed Andre Ward to, you know, a three-fight deal. It's going to end with him fighting Sergey Kovalev, but you've got to take two crap fights in the meantime. So, all right. to my mm. understanding, his contract with HBO is up, but that doesn't necessarily mean it runs parallel with his deal with Rock Nation. So, uh your mark is on record saying that they have a long-term deal together. You know, Andre Ward certainly didn't speak to the contrary on that. You know, maybe he mm-hmm. won't, you know, maybe he has something up his sleeve. He just doesn't want to talk publicly about it. But my understanding right. is the two contracts weren't one of the same. So he can walk away from HBO if he wants to, although mm-hmm. I don't know where he's going to go, if he's going to stay with Rock Nation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to answer your question, what's Rock Nation going to do? I mean, right now it's all about Andre Ward because they don't really have anyone else in this stable. So the question is, what is Andre Ward going to do? You look around now. If he doesn't fight mm-hmm. the left, which none of us wants, they have to look across the street. You know, Jay-Z and Al Heyman now have to do business because any light heavyweight that's worth fighting is with Al Heyman, maybe with the exception of uh, Dimitri Bibble. You know, if, and Bibble, yeah. by his own admission, said he's not ready for a fight like that for another year or so. He wants to have at least 20 fights before he steps up to that level. Well, so, we know. know that Andre Ward is now a very, very rich man. We mm. now we also know that Kovalev is not a rich man right now. No. Because when they put out <laughs> the purses, the line for his purse was blank. His purse yeah. is, was based on ticket sales and pay-per-view sales. That was another part, I think, of his frustration when he found Absolutely. out <laughs> that Andre Ward was getting 6.5, and he's getting 75% of what uh, main events is going to make. Yeah. I, you know, Crazy. how does that deal even happen? Like, did HBO just, they, they didn't want to kick in money? Did Kathy not have enough bargaining power? 
How is that his deal? I, I don't understand that. I, you know, Kathy, I, I don't know what prompted them to take that deal, especially given that the first event just wasn't a financial success by any stretch. You knew the second one. I mean, unless you really thought the controversial decision was going to sell it even a little bit more, you still got to sell in enough pay-per-views and tickets to clear Ward's purse. So what's right, like $6.5 right. You know, with the cut that the um, distributors take, I mean, you, you basically have to sell $13 million in pay-per-views just to clear that purse before, you know, Sergey season. I mean – you know, maybe there's a separate deal where, you know, Andre got a certain portion of the money and then Sergey gets some of the money. So, you know, I'm sure he's going to walk away with something. It's not like he's walking away with rabbit ears in his pockets. But well, it, it was just a strange deal to cut, I mean, for a fight like this. I mean, if, if you know, you're fighting, you know, Anthony Joshua or something, it's, yeah, of course, then, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take no person fights for the upside. But, you know, right. a fight where you know it's not going to sell, it's just, it was a strange deal. And I don't, I hate to say this, I, I really like the people at main events. I respect all the work that Kathy does. She's very passionate about the sport, but just watching that fight on Saturday, I just feel like the company's just kind of grown old together. It's like, they're not ready for the next level. It's like, you, you know, I know you're going to talk about, you know, Bob Arum and everything he's got going on in the near future. It's like top rank mm-hmm. seems to stay ahead of the curve where main events is always adamant about, you know, putting all its eggs into one basket saying, you know, HBO is the only game mm-hmm. in town. Well, guess what? They're not. They definitely, you know, even mm-hmm. with a few <laughs> fights they're putting on, they still don't have enough to, to go around. I, so it's just, yeah. I, I really want to see, super authentic here about Kovalev and his career. And I don't want to hurt feelings because I I love everyone over at main events too. And this really doesn't have to do with them necessarily. He fought his first like 17 fights for free. Like over in Russia, he like fought for free. And you look at how good he is and his accomplishment, his accomplishments. And he just doesn't make the right amount of money for that in my opinion and he's legitimately crazy like he will go in there and try to murder you then he fights on pay-per-view for a percentage of a show that just wasn't promoted well that's not main events fault but you know that kind of sucks for him his opponent andre ward is probably going to make six times more than him on this show andre made 6.5 million i i'd be surprised if kovalev makes a million yeah, same here. And, you know, for everyone who said uh, Kovalev was classless and professional when he walked out on Thursday's press conference, here's what's up. The man trained for about two months, at least, for this fight. You know, if, I'm sure he stayed in shape in between the fights. So he's, you know, he's at the point where, you know, he's, his brain is just wacko, just waiting to make weight so he can finally eat. Then he finds out, you know, the, the money, the yeah. first disparity. Let me tell you, you know, I challenge anyone to go to work for two weeks and then find out the day before payday that you're not getting a paycheck unless, you know, the company clears a massive profit. Then tell me how, you know, Sounds professionally like you're going to be at work. That's the situation you got to put these boxers in. They go through hell. Yeah. Boxers historically have gotten bent over and raped by promoters, managers, and just yeah. anyone that can stick their hands in their pockets. Yeah. So I, I had no problem with what Sergey Kovalev did on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, the whole promotion was unprofessional. I mean, so why, why pick on Kovalev yeah. walking out of a press conference? He spoke. He did his part. You know, mm-hmm. He was asked to speak. He spoke. And he said, you know what? I don't want to be around these people anymore. And I don't blame him one bit. Jake, I, I want you to think yeah. about this. Because I yep. can't remember a top five pound for pound unified champ who's kind of yep. had it so bad financially. Bernard Hopkins had it pretty bad, you know, when he was kind of coming mm. up. He wasn't making the money that he probably deserved. But Kovalev right. is always making less money. And, uh, you know, he's probably going to have to go to Montreal now and face Adonis Stevenson, and he'll probably get short money again. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the sad part, that Kovalev, you know, does deserve better, but you know, and as much as main events to try to fight the good fight, you know, and standing by him, it's like there's a lot of steps that could have been taken. I mean, I, in my opinion, the fight with Adonis Stevenson could have taken place at some point. I place 
I, you know, if you want to put in percentages, I'd say at least 90% of the blame is on Adonis Stevenson because he could have done a lot more than oh, that yeah. fight happened. But Kovalev was in a position at least twice where he could have made that fight. And I can't imagine at any point he told main events, no, I don't, you know, the fight mm-hmm. has to take place on HBO or I'm not fighting him or, you know, it has to be on pay-per-view. It's, you know, I don't think he could, he couldn't care less where the fight took place. Like you said, Kovalev is a natural born fighter. He was going to take that fight. So I, at some point, main event should just realize, oh, guy's not a draw. You know, maybe we compromise a little bit just to ensure the fight happens. And at that I mean, point, you know, Stevenson still walked away. Let him 100% be the bad guy at that point. You know, and I was going to so, say, Kovalev didn't make himself really easy to love either. I think, you know, the biggest right. difference between him and Golovkin, you know, Golovkin yeah. trains over here year-round in California. He's very accessible to the media. He has that right. smile. He, he plays the whole <laughs> Mexican card early on. And Kovalev, you know, he's in Russia, he's kind of cold, he's kind of like, you know, when you look at him, he's kind of like ice. So he didn't really make himself too easy to love. And as a very, of course, you enjoy watching him, but on a bigger scale, you know, I'm pretty sure it's tough to market him. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the biggest thing with, with uh, Golovkin, too, and I, I've been told this, even, you know, by Loeffler and his people and by HBO, Golovkin is actually involved in every decision in his career. It's not like he just goes to Big Bear and says, hey, Tom, call me whenever you got to fight. He's mm-hmm. 100% invested. He's a, he's a smart dude. He comes across as just goofy as hell, but he's a very smart businessman, and that's how you know he's helped himself get to this point. I'm not saying Kovalev is any kind of stupid. I'm sure he's a very smart man in his own right, but I don't get the sense that he's been as involved in his career as he needed to be. You know, I think maybe he just kind of let mm-hmm. it ride with not the wrong people, but just not with his own in, enough of his own input. Yeah, to get to this point. Well, that's why you know he's just been a fighter. You can only say for so long. You know, I fight the guys who you know they put in front of me. Because then you wind up in a situation where where's my paycheck? Yeah, I um I kind of want want to end it with this. I was talking to Jay Saturday night. I noticed at the post fight press conference that John David Jackson wasn't there, and I think that that also screamed volumes to me that there was a lot of issues in Kovalev's yeah. camp, and maybe there weren't, but I think it was really obvious with Team Ward contacting JDD, wanting him to go over there and cross the street. I think it just created a lot of animosity, uh, you know, in the camp. Now, I wasn't able to watch the show, so I'm going to refer back to you and Jay now. Was John David Jackson the lead trainer in that corner? Was he, was he the only voice in that corner that night, or was somebody else in that corner talking? Uh, Jay, uh, you're going to have a better viewpoint on this than I did. Jay. He's never going to be the he's never going to be the singular voice in that corner because they have a language barrier. So there's no telling what the corner was telling Kovalev to overrule John David Jackson. He doesn't speak Russian, and in the heat of the moment, they're not going to sit there and speak English slowly (laughs) to him. They're trying to feed instructions to him quickly. I've read some reports that said that people in the corner overruled John David Jackson and gave his own and gave their own instructions counter to what he was telling them to do. So if you know that is the issue and you don't have that cohesiveness no. in camp, like you look at somebody like, um, uh, uh, I can't think, uh, Robert Garcia, who has a lot of Russian fighters in his stable, they still have, they still manage to communicate and his instructions are imparted to his fighters because he's got Russian right. people who are with him in camp and does what he says. If they didn't have that respect level, and that's a whole nother Kovalev issue that we're tap dancing around in his likability and lovability factor. He's already got all these issues. Do you really think they're taking John David Jackson seriously? How, how about when he said that John David Jackson is a good mitt man? He's good for mitts. Right. right? So that's basically <laughs> like he show wash dishes good. 
I'm, come on now, uh, you know, I'm going to keep it 100. There, there was never going to be that level. After all that stuff kept coming out, I just never believed it. And I just never felt like they had the respect for John David Jackson that he deserved as the lead trainer. He was just there. I agree. Huh. They were going to do And I will wanted. say this, too. I mean, we're, we're going to see Sergey Kovalev again. I think we'll see him at the top level again. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to see him again with John David Jackson. I mean, because how can they even you know, trust each other at this point? You know, Ward, I mean, you can say what you want. You know, maybe, you know, Team Ward kind of – I don't know if they played liberties with the truth, but, you know, there was definitely some smoke there with, you know, whatever contact was made between Jackson and Ward or Ward and Jackson. You know, there was something going on, and, you know, maybe at some point John David Jackson did ponder that move, and maybe that somehow got back to the But, yeah. you know, what we saw, you know, on Saturday night was a guy who eventually just got beat down, regardless of how the fight ended. I mean, he was a, he was a beaten mm-hmm. fighter at that point. Most emotionally and physically. So, and the emotional part, that's, that's huge. Jake, yeah. want to get your take on the big announcement last week, which yep. was Mayweather versus McGregor the... set for August 26th. <laughs> right. Do you feel that that announcement swallowed Ward Kovalev? Is that what made the, the big difference in this, you know, promotion? I see people blaming it on that. What do you think? You know, it, it, it's funny. It, it wasn't even just that announcement. It just seemed like every announcement that could possibly come out about the future of boxing came out last week. It's like, we heard about that. We heard teases. You know, Mike Coppinger was first to break about yeah. top rank steel. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Canelo and Golovkin, they announced their press tour was coming. It's like, we, we heard about everything except Ward Coldless. It was strange. Um, I don't Hell, think we even have the Bruno Garcia announcement press tour. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, but um, I, I will say this. It, the event was never really going to sell to where they needed it to. But that announcement, I mean, sure. I mean, whatever attention, whatever momentum they were finally gaining, it absolutely came to a grinding halt once that came out. I don't, I'm not going to say it affected it, though. They can use it as their scapegoat all they want. But, you know, like you said, RB, I mean, they announced it was 10,000 people in that, uh, you know, and I remember it was 10,000 people in Las Vegas that night. There was not 10,000 people in the middle of that. Uh, and I'm going to say one thing about Mayweather McGregor. And I'm not even going to say anything about that fight. Um, I, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote about it because it's finally official. If the undercard, the rumored undercard comes true, then here's the silver lining for boxing fans. Javante Davis will get a third fight in 2017, Good all within eight months. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you want these young fighters to stay busy. And you know, yep. a champion fighting for the third time in eight months is absolutely, that's fantastic for a young fighter's career. Mm-hmm. And then Badu Jack potentially fighting Nathan, Nathan Cleverly. That's a fight worth the price of admission. There's yourself a line. Hey, hey. all I will ever say about that event. I will be paying attention to Miguel Cotto's fight that night. I'm not even interested in Miguel Cotto's fight, but now I am. Shadow mm. Chosinko says he wants to get on the undercard, too. What do you think about that? Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Say, if Conor McGregor he, thinks he's he about why not Shadow Chosinko? <laughs> right. He said he trained. Jake, any yeah, names for Javante uh, Davis on that card? Would he just be defending it or, or fighting his mandatory? Anything there? Well, I thought Liam Walsh was his mandatory. So, it, to me, he should have Liam a long coming up. That was what he told Tevin Farmer. Oh, yeah. that he had to get his mandatory out the way. So, maybe he could fight Tevin Farmer next if, if Tom Farmer doesn't want to fight mm-hmm. Billy Dibb, which well, I think he's in negotiations with. But, I hey, they know. were on this very show negotiating that fight. Why not make it happen on, you know, what's going to be the most visible card of 2017? Yeah, I do know that Jay Leon Love is going to be on that. Jay Leon Love's going to be on that card too. Oh, well, there you okay. go. Now it's going to be five million. J- yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we, we just broke the record. <laughs> so you know what? The best, the very best thing about Mayweather McGregor is not only is the city of Las Vegas going to make a ton of money. You know, I was out here going into different restaurants, and stores. 
everybody is talking about the damn flow, especially when we get to talking about boxing, talking about Mayweather. I went into one high-end store. They're so excited that this fight is happening because he brings in so many right. people, so much money. Their store does phenomenal every time he fights. So, look, the city's happy. And anybody who signed a Mayweather promotion, if you are a TMT fighter, you're going to make a little come up. You're going to get a nice oh. little check, and you're going to get phenomenal exposure if you're on the broadcast. So, you know what? I can't, I'm happy for Tank. I'm happy for Badu Jack. You know, whatever other guys in his stable that get that airtime where they may get easily get 5 million people watching them, that's what that fight is good for. It's going to be good for the undercard. It's going to be good for the city. But, no, it's not going to be a competitive matchup. No. Not at all. <laughs> they should just go full WrestleMania with it. Why don't they just take it, do the Conor Floyd thing, and just do, like, WrestleMania and just do, like, a full – Spectacle like a circus because I mean really yeah. this is not a serious fight a sanctioned fight for a fighter who's never fought a professional boxing fight in his life just do a WrestleMania it would be crazy you know people doing the wave it could be real fun but here we are <laughs> Floyd has experience at WrestleMania too so why not thank yeah. you well, I mean if you're gonna rate people with a hundred dollar pay per view we know that it's gonna cost a hundred dollars and I ain't buying that I can yeah. tell you right now. Nope. Just make it like WrestleMania and make it a full-ass spectacle with fireworks and the whole nine because that's exactly what it is. Very good. Yeah. So, Jake, you mentioned Mike Coppinger last week. He did, he um, he was the first one to kind of break a story about Top Rank's new platform. Bob Hiram was on ESPN this morning talking about Pacquiao versus Jake. It will be shown on ESPN. It's the first Manny Pacquiao's where he has been on pay-per-view since 2005. Uh, so per Mike Coppinger's article and what I've read and from what you can gather, it looks like Top Rank is going to start featuring boxing on ESPN and perhaps ABC, which Disney, um, you know, the Disney network, they own both networks. They own ESPN and ABC. Is there any more about this series that you can unveil to us? Uh, not at this moment. I thought Coppinger did a f- uh, fantastic job. He deserves all the credit in the world for breaking the story. I mean, he beat Dan Rayfield to the story, and Dan Rayfield works for yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of got the sense that Dan knew about it, and maybe he was told to stand down because he did kind of mm-hmm. hint towards, you know, this deal being huge. And then you looked at all the networks. It's like, you know, now you're looking back. It's like, well, ABC makes the most sense because they were the only free network to never really get involved with payment series. I mean, ESPN did, but, you know, we never saw a fight on ABC. So, and we might not with Aaron Steele, but I can't, I mean, if you're going to go all in with this, why not have, you know, one or two fights on ABC? But my understanding is, um, I think there's going to be eight shows in 2017 and all of them will be on ESPN. I don't believe any of those will be on ABC, but once it goes into 2018, you know, I think everyone kind of, you know, uh, assesses everything. Maybe we start to get, you know, one or two, you know, fights on free TV. But one main thing, and this is what PBC didn't have, is that ESPN will have quality control over these fights. So that mm. means we're going to see some good fights. I mean, Pacquiao Horn isn't necessarily a good fight, but the fact that, you know, Manny Pacquiao is not fighting on pay-per-view for the first time in 12 years is a win for boxing. Praise God. So because that's you know, yeah. the biggest name, not fighting on pay-per-view. You know, unless Canelo Well, and I, I think it's really good for their young Olympians, too. The guys like Michael Conlon and yeah. Shakur Stevenson and the kid Lopez, they're going to gain really good exposure as young Olympians, young prospects yeah. on a network like ESPN. It's also expected that Top Rank is going to roll out this over-the-network where fans are going to have access to, like, all of their massive fights with this big library over the 
you know, over 50 years worth of boxing events that yeah. that Bob has, has done where, you know, you're going to have access to these fights to watch, which is kind of cool. It's like a massive library of classic fights. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a terrific aspect. You know, fans are always, that's always been the one thing with HBO. It's like, how come these fights have never been made available, you know, beyond their on-demand shelf life? So, you know, if Top Rank is going to roll out something like that, I mean, this is great. I mean, it, it's definitely going to be long-term. I can't imagine they're only doing this. You know, someone yeah. theorized that maybe they're doing this just long enough for HBO to figure out what they want to do. I, I don't yeah. believe that. You know, they've got serious investors behind the series. So, it's you know, Top Rank sounds like they're in it for the long haul. Here's one guy who's yeah. going to get, who really benefits from this series, is Terrence Crawford, especially if the yeah. next fight is school, Julius Ndongo. Now he's fighting on ESPN. I mean, HBO, mm-hmm. he did good ratings. ESPN, there's no reason why he shouldn't be pulling in, you know, at least close to 2 million viewers if he's fighting on their flash station. So Terrence yeah. Crawford, he's finally going to get the exposure that his career has long deserved. So that, that's the one I'm really looking forward to. Vasily Lomachenko, whenever he gets ready to fight. So. Yeah, and I, I need to make it clear, after Mike Coppinger put this out there, I did reach out to some of my sources, and I even reached out to some people over at Top Rank, which they mm-hmm. are still, like, really tight-lipped about this. But this is not a time buy. No. They do not have a hedge fund to pull from. Right. They're not buying this time. Um, I saw some people out there saying, oh, well, the network is, you know, they're paying the network. No, that's, that's no. not true. Um, and, again, there's, there's no big hedge fund or anything. It's, it's not a time buy. Yeah, everyone's accusing Top Rank and Golden Boy of, you know, copying Al Hammond's blueprints. Like, why would you copy a blueprint that didn't work? That's you know, work. I mean, Golden Boy right. series on ESPN too. I mean, look at the matchups. I mean, look at the matchups they just had on Saturday night that competed against the paper. I mean, you know, no, it's not a fight that set the world on fire that everyone's going to, you know, take notice if it stood on its own. But it was still a competitive matchup and a damn competitive fight at that. And all of their fights on ESPN two have been very competitive so far. And those aren't the fights you're going to put on if you're coming out of pocket to, you know, to put on air. And, and honest, and honestly, do you ever think there would be another hedge hedge fund no. stupid enough to even dump? Millions and millions of dollars into boxing again. Yeah, even if you thought the next guy was the guy to make it happen. No, I mean, just all the lawsuits that came from, from you know, Heyman series. I mean, he's won some, you know, some are still in court. It's just nobody on that type of head case, uh, head case again. Headache again, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, um, so, no, I mean, yeah, people need to stop thinking that, you know, Aram, all they're doing is just, I mean, yeah, they went the route, you know, Heyman opened the door where, you know, we could finally get boxing back on TV. I know Main Events tried it with their um, Fight Night series on NBC Sports Network and some on NBC, but, you know, Heyman took it to another level. So now that gives, you know, Bob Aram said, you know, Heyman tried it, you know, he failed, but he didn't ruin the sport. So, you know, he saw everything that he can do, he did wrong, and he can, you know, capitalize on that. That's how you succeed in business. You know, you, you know, you learn from, you know, the failures that happen, and then you eventually succeed. So, and that's what Top Rank has done for 50 years. Yeah. Well, sounds good. I give everything, I give everyone the best out. When they rolled out PVC, I was excited. So I'm excited about this too. You know, let's yep. just hook up really, really well. Jake Donovan, thank you so much for joining us on the Punching Show and always giving us your take. We're going to let you go. We're going to wrap up with some in case you missed it and some word on the curb. Um, have a wonderful day, Jake. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, RBNJ. Always a pleasure. For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com. Providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today. The only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. 
Any vehicle, any age, any mileage. With Nationwide Auto Warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free, no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. Good morning, and we are back. This mm-hmm. is the Morning Punch-In Show with RB and J. We are going to jump into some in-case-you-missed-it topics before we close out the rest of the show. In case you missed it, actually happening right now, Broner versus Garcia is, has been announced at the Barclays Center for July 29th. The New York press conference is happening right now while we are on the air. There will be a second one here in Los Angeles tomorrow. I'll be there to for the sights and sounds and festivities, so make sure you check back with me for some video. I'm going to do some interviews for Broner Garcia. Also, in case you missed it, Chocolatito versus Rung Visay, Carlos Quadras versus Estrada, and Inoue versus Nieves finalized for September 9th <laughs> on HBO. That's a great Girl. card. That's a great, I, great card. I, I need that to land in your city so I can come crash on your floor that card has me so excited. They, they, they actually dubbed the card Superfly. Cool name for that card because they're all, you know, obviously little guys and flyweights. Jay, that needs to land in L.A. Yeah, I'm not sure where the, the debate is. Where else would you put that? That's a bomb oh. card. Put it at the stub hub. Let us all get all cooked up and, and burning up in the stub hub and freezing at night. But it's definitely a fight worthy of that venue. So stay tuned since we find out the final Resting place for that one, you will let we'll let you know, so make sure you're following RB and myself. Also, in case you missed it, Clarissa Shields picked up another win, a version of the super middleweight title, title by defeating Sydney LeBlanc for the WBC silver title. A dominant fight for her, as expected. A full Ooh. title shot could be on the horizon for her, and it's been announced by the Detroit Free Press that she'll be fighting again on August 4th as part of a Showtime telecast with uh, no opponent Ooh, named at this really? time. Really? Moving it on along. When did you say I'm August so 4th? August 4th. Yeah, I did a quick search on her uh, since she fought over uh, the last week just to see if there was any other updates. So, yeah, they're reporting that she could be back in the ring on August 4th. So con- congratulations to Clarissa Shields. Also, in case you missed it, the heavyweight bout between Alexander... Uh, P.E.D. Pavetkin and Andre Rudinko is now sanctioned for the WBO International Championship. The WBO confirms that the international title is at stake. A WBO press officer stated the fight has been set to take place July 1st in Moscow, Russia. Um, Yeah, we'll just see about the uh, drug testing for that one. Mm -hmm. We'll see how that plays out. You know, Mr. PEDs. But anyway, also, in case you missed it, a little bit of off-brand news. I don't know. I just kind of stumbled on this by accident. It looks like Tim Bradley and Joel Diaz will be in the same house at the same time for the first time in a long time at a small venue. So they're probably going to have to lay eyes on each other at some point. Tim Bradley will be uh, has a fighter fighting on a card, and Joel Diaz also has a fighter on the same card on June 24th called the World Fighting Championship. According to the Desert Sun, Diaz will be in the corner of local prospect Javier Padilla, 
and Bradley will be in the corner of a local guy named Dominic Serna, who debuted with a win Ooh. on April 28th in Burbank. So hopefully these guys, I'm sure, I mean, they're both classy guys. I don't think they're going to go fisticuff as soon as they see each other. But hopefully, you know, they can shake hands and say God bless and keep it pushing. So they'll be in the house together. That should be interesting. And uh, <laughs> one last thing for in case you missed it news. Okay, so McGregor <laughs> versus Mayweather, Mayweather McGregor. So, you know, when, when Mayweather was fighting Pacquiao, you know, the joke was going around that people were going to use their tax return money to try to get tickets to this fight. I don't, well, first of all, the fight's in August, so there's no tax return then, but just to get in the door, the word out there is just to get in the door for the fight, in the nosebleeds, you're going to come off of a grand to 1500 for one ticket. And I've been seeing some stories that ringside seats could be Somewhere in the neighborhood of, are you ready? 100 racks. Mm -hmm. 100,000. Please, what the hell? What the hell? Do you, I could get out of my debt, remodel my house, buy a new car, (laughs) a nice car, and put some money away from my baby for college with one ticket to this bullshit. RB, you going? You 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 really for the fight? Now you know I kind of thought about getting first row for a hundred thousand, but nah, that's just not good no, enough. Not doing it. No, no. A hundred racks. I want to be. I want to work the corner. I want somebody to fly me out on a jet. I want my media gift to be a new car. Yeah. I Can't. want unlimited buffet and and alcohol for a full week. I want to stay. In the presidential suite, I want to stay in the palms in the room, in the yeah. room with the hot tub for a hundred racks. And you know what? And, and we're kind of making fun of this and everything, but you know what? It's going to sell out. There's going to be people that are going to pay a hundred thousand dollars to sit in the front row, row two through five. You want to sit in row two through five? It's fifty thousand dollars per ticket. It's going to be sold out. People are going to pay that too. So that's what I mean by this is going to be a very lucrative fight. It will sell out. But it almost feels like a spectacle. You know what I mean? Like, is this really a boxing event or is this a spectacle? But, you know, we all know it's a money grab. What fighter wouldn't go grab $400 million if it was just sitting there? I'm trying to tell you. You know? I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. We got to figure I, out, man, actually, we need to stand outside of the joint. We ought to stand out there and sell, like, some water or something. I'm selling water for $10 a bottle. Yeah, I, um, I actually reached out to a couple different commissions across the country, different states. And I won't say who, but I have relationships with them. And I said, would you guys have sanctioned this fight with a 49-0 and fighter versus a pro debut? Now, they all said no, but, you know, money talks. Mm. So I can only take that with a grain of salt. So uh, let's just say they wanted to put this fight in Arizona. Do you think the Arizona Commission really? would sanction this? They might be like, nah, that's, you know, that's unethical. That's, we, we would never do that. But when you're talking about bringing millions and millions and millions of dollars into a city, and it, it's real hard to, you know, reject that type of fight. But yeah, every other person yeah. I did reach out to said, absolutely not. We, have, we would not have sanctioned that fight. They need to go full WrestleMania and call it what it is. Well, hey, at least all this tax and sales tax money, they're, they're going to help. It's going to help finance this new Raiders stadium they got to build out there, you know, food for thought. Yeah. Food for thought. Well, look, Vegas is well, about look, to get Jay, paid. 
Jay, we have five minutes left. Why don't we take one last really quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back, dish the word on the curb, and wrap up. Let's do it. Because the right gift can speak volumes. For home, for fragrance, for great body products, think for Alma.com. Offering you the finest products for any and every occasion you can imagine. Say you care the right way and search through our catalog of more than 800 products, from tasteful jewelry to great leather goods. So remember, when you think gifts for any occasion, think for Alma.com. And I like it. <laughs> All right, we, All are, right. we are back. Yeah, word on the curb. So a couple weeks ago, we mentioned that uh, Brian Jennings was out there looking for a new promoter. And we had told you guys that he was talking to top rank really heavy and that it looks like that was going to happen. Well, this morning it was made official by Bryant Jennings himself that he has signed with top rank. Oh, that's really, so, you know what? I'm happy for the guy. He's been trying to get back into action for quite a while. He's been going over to Russia, being a sparring partner and, you know, still living at vegan life. Now he can go over to top rank and, and have a home and get some fights. So good for him. Uh, you know, shout out to the crew. Let's, I'm going to hit a poncho and see if she's ready to go vegan. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you think about, okay, who's he going to fight, uh, expect to see Brian Jennings versus uh, Joseph Parker. I mean, that, that's what that oh. whole deal is about. And top rank needs someone to fight Parker. That's probably what's going to happen. Um, so more word on the curb is I'm told that Adrian Broner is filming a new reality show, and it's based okay. on the ladies of boxing, like girlfriends. And so, you know, I've got a problem with this. It's probably going to be super ratchet. And, uh, you know, for years I've been trying to work on projects like this. So I'm going to find out more details. I don't know if a, if a network has picked it up or not yet, but I know that some, box, some other boxers are involved. And he's got cameras out there, and they're following around you know, the girlfriends and the wives of Van Camp and whoever else, you know, wants it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Have wives? Found- <laughs> they got some wives out there? I'm, okay, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be a troll. You know, we got three. I'm going to keep my little little stuff here brief. But who really is on this? Miss Louie Bags. It's going to look like Ronnie and Sam from Jersey Shore because they're going to be fighting every day. So let, that might let me tell you something. It. If my man, if my man leaves a sex tape and he's in strip clubs, eating other strippers out on camera, you think I'm going to go on a show called the girlfriends of boxers or whatever the hell it is. You right. think I'm going to stand that girl. <laughs> anyway, I so, expect lots of ratchetness. I, I don't know what uh, network it would even land on, but, um, Here's the real word on the curb. You guys got to grab your popcorn, buckle up, fasten your seatbelt. Word on the curb is that that Ward-Kovalev fight was probably the last show for Rock Nation. Now, Andre Ward did win. So, you know what? They're probably feeling really excited, like they could really do this again. But they really can't because there's so much in the red. His guarantees were so high. They, there's no way they can make that money back. They were paying Miguel Cotto buku amounts of money when he was fighting for them, and they were not able to recoup that either. Jay-Z's not in the business of losing money. I don't care how much money you have, you don't want to lose money. So right. this whole boxing thing really is not working for them. Their publicity team has put in their resignation. They're done. So you look at what fighters they still have under contract, Rigadell, 
Luis Cuba Arias, which I spoke to somebody who works with him this weekend, and they're like, man, he's like, we're trying to do something different. Like, you could tell they're all frustrated. Nobody's happened. But here's the word on the curb is that Andre Ward, he fulfilled his contract with Rock Nation. So technically, he is free to go to another promoter. Word on the curb mm. is Bob Aram wants to sign him. And he is really <laughs> serious about signing him to top rank. And Andre Ward is very interested in signing top rank as well. And when you think of like, well, why? Why would they do that? Well, top rank has this new platform. They're going to get shows on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, ABC, which Disney owns these networks. They've got a huge platform right now. They need leaders. They need superstars. So Bob Aaron was on ESPN this morning, and he pretty much solidified my word on the curb because he was raving about Andre Ward on ESPN this morning. He's a terrific fighter. He's a great man. He's a man of God. He's a man of his family. You know, he's just got to be promoted right. The way that we promoted Oscar De La Hoya and Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, that's what Andre Ward – I mean, he was pretty much selling himself and selling Andre Ward to the millions of people who were watching ESPN this morning. So that pretty much, you know, solidified for me that my word on the curb is, is pretty legit that top rank wants Andre Ward. You know what? I like that word on the curb. and Well, I mean, I like all your word on the curb. But, I mean, that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. We've got Shakur over there, over on top yeah. rank, who he is a part manager, advisor. I forgot exactly what his role is for Shakur. Why not keep the money in the house every time Shakur fights? co-promoted through Andre Ward promotions like he did with this fight so you get the money on the front and you get the money on the back for you for your fighter hey I ain't mad I'm not mad at you Andre Ward get your dope we'll see how right. long it lasts he must not plan on fighting Anthony Joshua anytime in the near future if he signs with top rank because Joshua <laughs> fight don't show time so right right well that's that's all I got Jay if you want the fight schedule and then we will wrap up all right. It's a real shorty this week. Following the pay-per-view, you know, the action drops off a little bit. So the only real fight, well, fights that are on TV that we'll see here stateside, there's uh, local fights going on in Philly, and uh, I think there's a fight going on out here. Devin Haney is fighting out here somewhere in Cali, or I don't remember where. But anyway, on June 20th, from Las Vegas, PBC on Fox Sports 1, Eddie Ramirez versus Eric Bonet with uh, also Dennis Galarza versus Omar Tienda and Xavier Martinez versus Prince Smalls over in Las Vegas. And also on the 24th, CBS Sportsnet, Derek Rossi versus Carlos Negron and Enrique Colazo versus Steven Martinez. And that is all for the week fight schedule. There might be a fight if my neighbors are still out here wilding. Um, I'll live stream that one on Facebook. But, yes, that's the weekend fight schedule. All right. Well, let's see. I think that's it. Our show today was brought to you by NationwideAutoWarranties.com, ForAma.com, and TheBoxingInsider.com. Make sure you check them out. Uh, we appreciate you for listening today. We'll be back next Monday morning from 8 to 9. It's the Morning Punch and Show. Have a great day. 